course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And, uh, um, Nick, I, I had a dentist appointment this afternoon. Um, did anything happen in Chiefs Kingdom that I need to be aware of? Todd, I feel like today is a day where people don't want you joking with them. <laughs> in any way, shape, or form, I think you probably already irritated half the people listening right now, including my mom. She's probably irritated with that joke right now. <laughs> Why? What happened? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Just get to it. <laughs> so Tyreek Hill's a Miami Dolphin. Um, at least that's what that's what I've heard. Um, and uh, Chiefs King handled it well, um, I feel like, <laughs> judging by Twitter. Um, so two questions. I want to lead off with two questions here, Nick. One, are the chiefs better today after trading Tyreek Hill? I think everybody already knows the answer to that one. I mean, it's gonna, they're not going to be the same offense that they were before. They're not going to be as dynamic as they were before. They're not going to be as explosive as they were before. So, I mean, they're, they're going to have to retool some things and they're going to have to evolve. They're going to have to be different as an offense. And a lot of what Tyreek Hill brought to the table in terms of how defenses had to cover him and double team him and how they had to prioritize him and how they had to make sure they never got beat over the top by his speed and his ability on every single play like that defenses are going to adjust to it. And like the chiefs are going to have to do a new style. It's going to be a different offense than what it was before. And so, I mean, you know, that's, I think the chiefs learned that uh, from this past year that they're going to have to take a different approach and do a different thing to try to be able to stay in that top five, top 10 offensive category. Uh, my second question, which team is more likely to win a Super Bowl in the next five seasons, the chiefs with Mahomes or the dolphins with Tyreek Hill? I mean, I don't know who the dolphins quarterback would be at that time. So it's still, I mean, I'm know. assuming it's still Tua. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how things go in the next couple of years. They've, they're giving them all the weapons possible and they've given a head coach that can try to bring out the best in them. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to be able to perform, but I mean, he's, you know, it is ironic that Mahomes and uh, Tua, I believe have the same agency <laughs> representing him. So Tyreek's still going to have the same agency thrown to him in a, in a way. Yeah. Which, which one, I mean, if you're putting, if you had to put money down, you got a hundred bucks. You got to, you got to pick the chiefs to win a super bowl in the next five years. Of the dolphins, who you got? I mean, obviously I'm going to pick Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. I'm really? biased like that. I, I think that's the right answer still though. Um, I, I like what the dolphins have done, but I mean, when's the last time a, a major wide receiver acquisition was the missing link to get a team over the top to win a Super Bowl. You know, I mean, in a trade scenario like this, I mean, you could, I guess you could argue like Odell Beckham before, you know, he was having a good game, but a Cooper cup carried the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. After Odell got hurt. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I still, I still think the chiefs are, are, are in better shape overall. Um, you know, because I think Patrick Mahomes is is the better quarterback. And ultimately, I think this is a quarterback-driven league. Uh, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes is, is is and probably always will be, barring injury or something like that, better than Tua Tagovailoa as, as a quarterback. So, all right, let's recap the, the trade real quick. The Chiefs get the first pick, uh, first, second, and fourth round picks this year, right? So they get number 29 overall. 
number 50 overall, number 121 overall. And then they also get the Dolphins fourth and sixth round picks next year. Um, the Chiefs already had number 30, number 62, number 94 from uh, Ryan Poles going to uh, become GM of the Bears. Um, or sorry, number number 103 was for, for Ryan Poles. Um, they've now got two first, two second, two third, um, and two fourth. So they've got eight of the top 135 picks. This is a team that we all knew that, the, you know, at some point the Bills come and do for Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, you know, they could, with the way the contract w- was structured, kick the can down the road, you know, by converting his roster bonus to salary cap or to a, to a signing bonus every year and spreading it out. But eventually that was going to catch up to him. Do you think this is a salary cap driven move um, to, to offload Tyreek Hill? Cause it sure seems like, uh, you know, I mean, you, you brought this up a couple of weeks ago that this was a possibility, right? Um, you had heard some rumblings and it, it sure sounds like had he, you know, there were offers on the table in the, you know, for a four year, 90, hundred million dollar type extension range that he, he didn't want to take. And then the wide receiver market got reset. I mean, Christian Kurt got a ridiculous amount of money from the Jaguars. And then Devonte Adams got the richest contract for wide receiver in NFL history. Tyreek wanted that kind of money. Uh, obviously the chiefs said, no, they, they couldn't go that high. Um, so is this strictly about managing the salary cap and trying to um, stay competitive beyond next year from the chief's point of view. Yeah. From the chief's perspective here, the, the reality is this, they were going to have to make some decisions, whether, whether it came to Tyreek Hill or Chris Jones, or maybe even Kelsey down the road here um, in terms of if they had trade value, what their value was and what the chiefs get in return because the Chiefs don't have a lot of players under contract in the next two years. So the the issue with that is the most valuable assets they have on the roster are Tyreek Hill and, and Chris Jones in terms of players under the age of 30 that are at the top five of their position and are players that they could get a good return on with either day one, day two picks and maybe a couple day three picks depending on the player and what the situation was. And so they were going to have to make some tough decisions with either one of them. Um, and if I remember correctly, I think, uh, I think the roster bonus came due for Chris Jones this past weekend. So I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. Um, with Tyreek, when the extension, I mean, the reality is this. I mean, I, I'm just going to – I'll stick to Chiefs right now. We can get to that in a minute. But in terms of the Chiefs, like they, they have to start planning for – what keeps them in contention for the next four to five years, not just what keeps them in contention for the next two till Tyreek hits 30 till Jones hits 30 and then kind of decide if they wanted to rebuild at that point. So part of it is this, the smart play that they took by doing what they did with Tyreek Hill today against by trading him in the dolphins is, is this, they're not on the hook for 30 million a year say that heel issue that he's had for the past three years, say something happens there. They're not left holding the bag like they were whenever they traded for Frank Clark with the owner issues. That's not, they don't have to, you know, they're not, 
the, the, the you know, the, with Clark, they didn't necessarily get the return on investment that they were probably hoping for. So with Hill, this was kind of the peak time to where he wants a new contract. It maxed out to a certain point. And then, so then at that point, the Chiefs got to make the decision, hey, you know, he's got a couple of good years left in him before probably the injuries are going to start routinely occurring and start piling up. What do you want to do? And so they had to make probably a tough decision that in the past they didn't make with Justin Houston and they didn't make with Eric Berry at one point way. And I'm talking way before he had his, you know, cancer issue. I'm talking before that there was, there was another time there was another window there. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of it combined, you know, it's, I mean, it's unfortunate that it had to occur and that the offense is going to have to evolve and they're going to have to be different than what they were before and what fans have gotten used to and what we've all got to kind of enjoy watching and some of the excitement from watching those football games to where it can go for a touchdown at any moment type of thing with Tyreek Hill. But that that's the price of, that's the price of, of when you pay guys a certain amount. So with Frank Clark's contract being what it was, with Chris Jones's contract being what it was, with Joe Tooney's contract being what it is, and with Patrick Mahomes' contract being what it is, like there, there's only so many players you can pay top dollar at their position, and you're gonna have to make that decision while the cap's at 200 million. Now, depending on what the cap is after the new TV deal in two to three years, where it kind of rises at that point, maybe different, maybe a different ball game. But at that time, you know, Tyreek's probably gonna be 30. 31, 32, 33, you know? So, I mean, you know, his, his best years in terms of speed may not, may not equate to what it was before and, you know, health and all that stuff. So this was kind of the time where if they were going to make a decision, they had to make it while there's still max value on them. And the other thing I want to say is I know people said, oh, they should have gotten more, should have got this, should have got that. I mean, like you alluded to, I heard some things the past couple of weeks and I think they genuinely took the best offer that was out there that, um, that they were able to get. And I think it was made known that if anybody was interested, there was an opportunity and the dolphins were the team that were willing to go after and take that opportunity. The jets, by the way, that was, that was fun. Um, the jets didn't even, weren't even willing to offer number one. Oh, well, here's, here's where I'm going to push back on that one a little bit. I think the jets know what, I think the jets knew what their part in this whole thing was going to be. And I think they knew they're like, yeah, he's probably not really wanting to come here. Yeah. So yeah, no, we'll, we'll play our part in this and make ourselves look good publicly, but you know, it probably, probably not going to work out for us. So I think, and at the end of the day, like you, you need, you need multiple bidders involved to drive up the price on stuff, whether it's free agency or trades. So I think that was the opportunity that was available. So I mean, look, and, and you compare it to um, the Devontae Adams deal. I mean, the, the Raiders gave up first and second round picks. Now, granted, they're they're a little bit better. It's the 22 versus the 29th pick, um, you know, and then the 53rd selection versus the 50th selection. Um, you know, and then the Chiefs get four other picks in there. When you look at it in terms of draft points, you know, like there, there's a, there's a chart out there that tells you what each draft picks were, stuff like that. Um, the chiefs total is actually a little bit less because the 22nd pick is valued. at so much more, um, than the 29th pick. Um, but I mean, I, I think the chiefs got a comparable haul, um, in terms of, of those positions, but I'd argue it's actually better because the draft can be a dart throw. 
Um, and, and the Chiefs got five dart throws uh, as opposed to two. Um, and, and I don't know that that necessarily means they're going to get Tyreek Hill out of this, you know, right? Like, I don't, I don't know um, that another Tyreek Hill exists for them to go pick up with any of the picks that they got. Having said that, I think it's fair to say that what we saw from the offense last year was that it needed to evolve anyway. Um, and, and Tyreek Hill's role in the offense had evolved. I mean, I mean, think about it this way. He had 24 more catches last season when he set a franchise record with 111 than he did the year before in 2020 when he had 87. But he actually had less total, less receiving yards last year than he did the year before. Um, you know, and that's because defenses had, had really, you know, changed the way they, they were playing the Chiefs. If the Chiefs put $30 million into Tyreek Hill, would that have, I, I think it would have hams, it would have handcuffed them in their ability to make the moves they need to make to evolve the offense in the ways that it needs to evolve. Uh, now you got, you got, you know, uh, since the last podcast, they've also signed Juju Smith Schuster, um, you know, which is, um, I think he's a guy that, that you and I both would have been fine with them adding last year. Uh, and this year, I don't think the chiefs are done addressing the wide receiver position. I don't think they're going to go into the season with Juju as the number one, but I mean, what, what do you see as the evolution of this chiefs offense? I mean, do you, um, you know, I mean, do you think that they're now going to force teams to, to look, we may not have a Tyree kill over the top, but if we can get a speed guy, a Juju, you've got McColl, get another, uh, you know, deep threat on the outside, you know, that that's maybe he's not elite like Tyreek Hill was, but you know, he's a little bit more affordable and teams are now going to, you're, you're not going to be able to pick just key on Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. Like I think that, you know, they've got to force teams to play them even, you know, to play them, you know, uh, play the whole field against them, you know, not just like, uh, stack it against two guys. And I, I think the feeling is if you do that, then Patrick Mahomes is going to win, right? I mean, if, if if you have to play straight up all the way across the field and you've got four guys, five guys out in the route, somebody's going to win. And, Pat, you know, if you get the right players in that position and Pat's going to find that guy. Whereas this year, when, when they were rolling coverage to Tyreek or Travis Kelsey, you didn't have guys who could win and, and you know, effectively, Patrick Mahomes had no place to go with the ball. I mean, do you think that's where this is going, where it's going to be quantity over quality kind of as far as the offense and the targets, and we're going to see them spread out a lot more? I think it goes back to what I've talked about before with the Chargers, the Bengals, and even the Bills. I think they want to have collective opportunity to spread you out with four receivers that are all athletic and can win over the middle and maybe they all have different type of roles, but I, th- I think that they want to have guys who can be physical over the middle. I think they want the threat of speed over the top. I think they want to scare defenses collectively in general, and I think that they're going to have four receivers that are reliable and that they can get the ball to. And who that's going to be at this time, I don't, I don't definitively know, but I do think that they're going to think they're going to get themselves another veteran at some point, whether that's through signing somebody on the market or getting a trade. I think they're going to go get themselves a veteran. And I think they're going to draft themselves another receiver or two. And I think those guys are going to have some speed to them. Maybe they'll be physical as well, potentially, but I just, I don't, 
I think in the grand scheme and the long terms of it, I personally think the Chiefs are going to go and try to build up that wide receiving group collectively. And then I also think that they're going to build up that defensive line. Think you're going to build up that secondary. And in the grand scheme of it, the point that I'm going to make here is while the rest of the AFC was trying to catch up with the Chiefs through free agency the past uh, week or so, the Chiefs, have, from, a, from a strategy perspective, I personally think they, once the Hill extension wasn't going to get done, and here's how I'm going to use part of this timeline. Um, once the Devontae Adams number happened, Devontae Adams is what set this thing off, in my opinion, and took it to the new level to where it was going to become a reality. Once Hill saw that number, I, did, I personally didn't think him and his agent um, for the people who don't know Drew Rosenhaus, that they were going to relent from that number overall and those guarantees and that type of stuff. I think that that became the new target of what they were going to go after at that point. Right, so, which, is, which is effectively a four-year, $120 million extension, which is what Miami gave them with $72 million guaranteed. So once that is set, then I think that that became the new number and that was going to be the new reality, whether it was going to be in Kansas City or somewhere else. And so for the Chiefs, like I said, they had to make the decision, weigh the options and everything. But guess what? The rest of the AFC spent a lot of money to try to catch up with the Chiefs and to try to be able to take them down this year. Whether they will or won't, we'll see how that works out as the season goes on and as the roster building goes on. They don't know. We don't know. Nobody definitively knows. But everybody's chasing the Chiefs to try to take them and topple them down and go win the Super Bowl. So with that aspect of it, where the Chiefs have put themselves in a position is if they hit on those picks and created the cap room that they did and potentially create more cap room next year with some moves that I think are going to happen and then open up the amount of space that they're going to, the rest of the AFC is going to be, I think they're going to have some struggles cap-wise where they're going to be releasing some people, eating some dead money, and the Chiefs football team, if they hit right on these picks this upcoming year, the Chiefs are ahead of the curve, ideally in the next year or two, especially two years down the road here, the Chiefs are ahead of the curve, and they're ready to kind of continue the, the reign in the way that people expect. And you're hoping they can do it this year, hoping they can do it next year, but I'm just saying to, to let the team spend their money in free agency the way that they did, and for this trade to essentially happen a week later, Guess who? Guess one of the top teams that has the most cap space right now. Oh yeah, it's the Chiefs, it's which Chiefs. was unthinkable going into the free agency period. Right. So, so the Jaguars burned through a lot of money, man. They had seventy-some million dollars, I think, in cap space. Guess what? They ain't got that much now. A lot of the other teams, they don't have that much. So the Chiefs really aren't bidding against a lot of other teams overall. You know, like they're at a point now where if the Chiefs want to go get somebody, they can probably get somebody to bargain at a bargain deal these now there's not a lot of money on the market now but there's a lot of opportunity in kansas city so this is kind of the point where from a roster perspective the chiefs can make their roster collectively better is it going to be the same with it without you know having an explosive player like tyreek no it's not going to and that's going to be part of the bummer and the struggle of watching the chiefs this year but that's that's what happens that's the evolution that has to happen for this Chiefs football team because the windows change. And so the Chiefs, they could either kind of rode this thing out for a couple years and let that window close, or they have to make some tough decisions at that very moment after that Bengals game occurred. And then 
evolve in the way that they needed to because with the way the Bills were able to come at them and the Bengals were able to come at them, I think the Chiefs knew, okay, the way that we were going about it, we, we're not going to be able to go that way anymore. We're going to have to switch it up and change. So what way do we want to go about and approach it? And I think it's been a big part of their plan this offseason is how they wanted to approach it and what they were going to have to do and what valuable assets they were going to have to give up so that they could create the next five to six year window. I mean, they definitely zigged when the rest of the AFC zagged here. Um, it reminds me a little bit of, of the Royals early last decade when, you know, they started prioritizing defense speed and, you know, you know, middle relief or, you know, back into the relief setup type guys um, and, and, you know, targeting undervalued assets. Um, look, I, I get that. It's frustrating that Tyreek Hill's gone. I get it. And, and I Given Brett Veach's history, I seriously doubt if they make all eight picks um, in those top 30, 135 that they currently have right now. He's got a history of packaging guys to go up, uh, you know, and get a player that he really wants. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily expect his draft philosophy to have changed. Um, I still think they're probably going to draft at least five or six guys in those top 130, 135 picks. And to your point, if you hit on, you know, three or four of them as, you know, one or one becomes a star, two or three become, you know, high level starters and another guy becomes a regular rotational guy for you. Um, there's a lot of value to that, whether it's worth more than a number one wide receiver, uh, you know, that, that we can debate that. And obviously, you know, Brett Veach has his work cut out for him. He's put himself in this position where uh, I think this draft is going to define him in a lot of ways because he did. He did let Tyreek Hill go, you know, um, when he was, uh, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the league. And he is look staring into a draft, um, you know, where um, it, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to get these picks right, bring in guys who can make an impact, um, not only next year, because they're going to need it next year if they want to keep that AFC West title streak alive, but down the road. Having said that, Outside of a franchise quarterback, I think the two most valuable things on an NFL roster are rookie deals, right? Because you're, you're cheap, controllable talent for four years. And then like you talked about, those veteran bargains that you can get, guys that are a great scheme fit, a great locker room fit, they may be flawed, which is why they're still on the market, but you get them at a bargain price and they fill a role and they don't break the bank. You get them on these one, two year deals. Um, those are the kind of guys that, you know, th those are the kind of shrewd decisions that can keep a team in the hunt as a championship contender year after year after year. And I think the chiefs know with Patrick Mahomes, as long as he's healthy, they are a contender year after year after year. And when I look at, having 29, 30, 50, 62, 94, 103, 121, 135 in this upcoming draft. I see that. And I think if they hit on four or five of those picks, right. Um, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, you know, with, with some of the pieces they already have in place that sets the stage for them to keep that window. I, I've heard people talk about the championship window. I, whether the championship window closed next year or not, it's too soon to tell because this is the first move in a series of dominoes, I think, that have yet to fall. Um, so whether the Chiefs can compete next year, like you said, nobody knows. I mean, uh, on paper, you know, they're 
you know, everybody's going to say, oh, the Chiefs are going to be the fourth best team in the AFC West as of today. Okay, fine. You know, let's talk in September again. Let, let's revisit this conversation in September once, you know, once we're no longer staring at this one tree and can see the whole forest. But when I see what the Chiefs are set up to do with two picks in each of the four rounds in the draft coming up, I see a team that, like you, that, that, like you alluded to, has positioned itself far from closing the championship window to keep that championship window open um, in perpetuity for, you know, for four or five years, if they get this draft, right. And to me that that's smart business, man. Like, you know, we talk about draft picks and, and being dart throws and you want as many of those as you can get to have as many opportunities. We've seen how, you know, injuries, different things like that. I mean, you can't predict those things from year to year to year. You're better off making sure that instead of putting all your eggs in the 2022 basket, you know, make sure that you can compete for a title in 2022, 23, 24, 25, 26, every one of those years, that gives you a better chance of actually hitting the jackpot and winning another Lombardi, in my opinion. Well, and the other thing I'll say is a lot of those teams were banking on Tyreek Hill, you know, potentially <laughs> being a part of what they were, of what they were, uh, what they were building against. Right now, some of the, some of them are like, "Oh, okay. Well, we may not have to spend that much on that rusher or that corner, but we did." So, I mean, in terms of the timing of the trade, I I actually thought it was really smart because it's a week after free agency started and everybody burned through a lot of their money. So, in that regard, that's actually kind of funny. Um, but yeah, but I will say, here's what I'm gonna say, and I know people have put this in my mentions where they're like. Why didn't the Chiefs try to get this deal signed before Kirk happened, before this happened? Oh, good. Here's, we we got to revisit this again, huh? <laughs> so but let me pump the brakes. Let me, let me answer. Um, the reality is this. His agent is a smart agent. Drew Rosenhaus is a smart guy. Rosenhaus knew how to approach this thing and how to go about this. They were never going to sign a contract before Devontae Adams' situation didn't get resolved. Like it was going to drag out. That's the reality of it. And I wouldn't be stunned if they positioned themselves contract wise for that to be the case to where it would hit at the same time Adams was, since he's one of the top receivers on the market. So if he could reset the market, you align yourself with that. And you're hoping that Mike Williams would have gotten a ton more money. You're hoping Christian Kirk gets that money and you kind of let that unfold and let that happen. And then you kind of drag that out until you want to make your play. That's what Drew Rosenhaus gets paid for. That's why he's, you know, that's why he's Tyrese agent. That's why he's the agent of a lot of top guys in the league is because that that's what his job is to do with the market. So in that regard, like I don't think they were ever going to sign anything before Devontae Adams was going to get his done. And then once that got done, boom, that's what the new market was. Do you want to pay it? Great. If you don't, I bet I got some other people that I can go check with that'll pay it and give compensation for it. And that's how that ended up going down. And that's how that stuff is going to go down sometimes. So like this, this, uh, this concept that the Chiefs should have got this done or the Chiefs should have got more, I think the Chiefs got as much as they were going to be capable of getting in terms of draft picks, especially for Tyreek at that number contract-wise. And then I also think that like Rosenhaus was going to play at the way that it the way that it played, and whether the Chiefs were going to get it or somebody else is going to get it, this was how it was going to go down and what was going to be done. So Tyreek gets to kind of – because if I remember correctly, he's got a home in the offseason in Florida, so now he gets to stay in Florida. Like, he doesn't have to leave at all. He yep, doesn't have no to leave that state. Tax. Uh, I know. And, but he doesn't have to leave that state. state. Income tax, you yeah. know, he doesn't have to leave that state at all, unless it's for, you know, an away game or if he wants to go travel and go see somebody. 
So that that's the part. But I mean, there was clues along the way. Well, look, it it's all about leverage when you're in a business negotiation, and the Chiefs had none. I mean, Tyreek's under contract for next year, yes, but um, they can't. Again, they can't force a guy to sign an extension. Uh, you know, and Drew, Ro- it would have been criminal for Drew Rosenhaus to have Tyreek Hill sign a four-year, $90 million extension two days before Christian Kirk got four-year, $72 million. Like, that would have been, like, you would have looked at that and, and thought, Ty- Tyreek would have had to fire Drew Rosenhaus like that the, the following Thursday if that had happened that way. Like, there's no way. It would have been irresponsible to, for, for uh, unless he just wanted to stay in Kansas City um, because that was the only thing that mattered to him. But if what Tyreek wanted was, you know, to get paid, which clearly it was, then there was no incentive for him to sign anything. So any insinuation that like, oh, Brett, what was Brett Veach supposed to do? Like kidnap him and force him to sign a contract under duress? Like the Chiefs had no leverage to make that happen. So any insinuation that it was a failure that they couldn't get it done ahead of time ignores the reality of how NFL contracts or any business contract works. Now, some things that perked my antenna along the way. Um, Last year when Mahomes moved his money, when Kelsey restructured some of his, um, when Chris Jones, if I remember correctly, moved some of his around um, so that they could, you know, have some cap space and be able to get some stuff done if they needed to. And Tyreek didn't do that. That was kind of, for me, that was kind of red flag number one. In terms of, oh, okay. So, I mean, the rest of the team did that and he didn't. Okay, so what's what's cooking with that contract to where you're, you know, you got something, you clearly got something planned out with the play about what's coming up here with the, with the contract here in the next year or two that you don't want adjusted and you're still trying to keep the leverage that you can in some regard. So that one perked my ears up last year whenever that happened, middle, whenever, uh, whenever that transpired. So that one was something I kind of kept tabs on with that regard, kind of kept in the back of my head. And then whenever stuff started leaking about working out on extension, all that type of stuff, and then stuff started coming out about combine and all that type of things, then, you know, you kind of, you're like, oh, something's going to happen here, good or bad. We'll see. They're going to pay a lot of money. They're going to upset a lot of fans. So one of the two is going to happen. But here's where I'm a little disappointed in the grand scheme of it. The Chiefs organization took a chance on him when they drafted him, given the circumstances at that time that a lot of the NFL teams weren't willing to do. And the Chiefs took a lot of arrows that day in the press conference. So I remember, I still remember it very well, because I know Therese and I went outside to go chat in the parking lot a little bit after all that had occurred and, and kind of what we were getting feedback-wise on Twitter. And then Dorsey, I remember Dorsey came down and Reed had to do speakerphone, because I believe he had surgery. Um, and they had to they had to address the Tyreek Hill pick and and all of that. And I know Therese had to ask some tough questions. The other guys in the meeting room had to ask some tough questions about it. And I remember that day very well and how many fans were upset that he was a part of the Chiefs organization. Then you fast forward, becomes one of the best receivers in the league, becomes one of the most unique receivers in the league and a generational talent that I don't think we're going to see for quite some time, if ever again, in terms of what he can do ability-wise. Like what he did was very rare, how he developed the work ethic that he had, the toughness that he had, and how he went went about and approached everything. 
like the only other guy that I've had a former NFL player compare him to for me was Gail Sayers, just how special he was. And for me, that's probably gonna be like Barry Sanders. How rare to watch Barry Sanders as a running back was kind of what it was for me to watch Tyreek Hill and to watch, you know, Lawrence Taylor and Derek Thomas. Like those were just rare guys that came, they came around once in a lifetime for me to be able to watch and enjoy. And I think that's similar to that in that regard with Tyreek. Then when the other incident occurred a couple of years ago, the Chiefs still gave him an extension and they still gave him fair market value, in my opinion, an extension, even though there was a lot, there were some questions at the time about what was going to happen, what was going to occur. And they stood by him again in that regard too. And, and then he and looked, took some arrows again because correct. that, that, I mean, they gave him $18 million a year when he was, you know, still coming off another potential abuse allegation. And, and there's no need to relitigate everything that happened there, but that was a tough, I mean, that was, that was not a, a, a an e- as easy a decision as I think people want to make it sound like and 18 million a year was, was pretty top end wide receiver dollar in 2019. So you have those two things. Organization stands by them both times. Then when, when the time comes, when they need him to step up the plate on a restructure, you know, that he didn't want to do that. That was pretty clear. And then now like, here's the reality. Patrick Mahomes, could have gotten a much bigger contract than what he did if he genuinely wanted to. Like he could have gotten a lot more money and he could have waited and really got a payday that would rival, that would be a, a significantly more than what quarterbacks are getting right now. But Mahomes wanted to leave money on the table for his teammates so that he could have a good roster around him and have good teammates and hope his teammates get paid too. So when the time came where Tyreek had to make a decision between if he was going to leave a little bit on the table to kind of be a good team, to kind of be, you know, kind of keep a good team together, be able to pay a lot of guys so everybody gets fair market value, or if you wanted to max out his his financial compensation, he chose to max out his financial compensation. That's fine. That's his choice. But, you know, it, it, for him, the risk he runs into is that that may be the Chiefs Super Bowl that he won, maybe the only one that he, he's ever a part of. So that's the, you know, that's the, that's the thing he's got away. So, I mean, look, I mean, financially, he'll be – him and his family, they'll be taken care of. They'll get a nice, you know, <laughs> quite a nice, uh, quite a nice sum there. But I mean, that's in the grand scheme of it, that's kind of the bigger thing that unfortunately kind of, you know, kind of, kind of happened from the situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, I, I, it's, I, I still think he's probably eventually a ring of honor guy, right? I mean, sure, I, sure, he's, sure. he's one of the top wide receivers. Um, in Chiefs history, I, I think. I th- honestly, I think at this point, the debates between him and Otis Taylor um, as to who is the best wide receiver um, in, in Chiefs history, and and if, if you know how I feel about Otis Taylor, that's that's about as high a praise as, as I can give. Um, you know, but I, I I mean, look, here's what I'll say. I don't think any NFL player is ever obligated to um, do anything for a team, right? Like it's a business. And like if Tyreek Hill goes out and ruptures his ACL or, 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 or ruptures, tears his ACL or ruptures his Achilles next year. Um, and the chiefs have an out at two years and he's a shell of his former self. The chiefs are cutting him. I mean, they absolutely are, you know, and, and they're not going to think twice about it. They're going to move on because that's the decision they'd have to make. So Tyreek had a decision, um, and he chose 
um, you know, money over legacy. And that's fine. He's allowed to make that decision. I'm not going to be angry with him about making that decision. I, I get where you're coming from, that the Chiefs had showed him loyalty. It would be nice if that was shown in return. Um, it would be nice if he had shown a willingness to do that. But, look, it's a business. Guys aren't obligated to do that. Um, the Chiefs weren't obligated to treat him fairly, and he was. he's not obligated to treat them fairly. You know, And, and it is what it is. I mean, guys are going to make decisions. You know, we talked with Chris Cabot a couple weeks ago about the variety of uh, of things that, that players consider when making decisions. And obviously um, for Tyreek money, um, being able to say he's the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history, resetting that wide, you know, resetting that wide, that was important for him. Um, and, and that's fine. He's allowed to, to feel that way. He's allowed to do that. And if that's what he wanted, congratulations to him and drew Rosenhaus for making that happen. I do not think that signing Tyree kill to a four year, $120 million extension would have been in the chief's best interest long-term. And so look, I mean, good on Brett Veach too, for saying, look, this is the best we can do, man. We'd love to have you come back at this number. If we can't make it work, then, then we'll try to work with you to find, I mean, I still think the chief showed him some respect. I mean, cause it sounds like they basically told him, you know, Hey, here's the two best offers. We've got New York and Miami. You pick. And he chose Miami. Uh, and like you said, I mean, you know, he's got got a home there and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, and the state income tax in, in Florida is significantly lower than New York. And um, frankly, I think that Miami is in a better position to win and be successful than than the Jets are. So I think Tyreek made the right decision, too. But I think, look, I think the Chiefs treated him fairly, even in this circumstance. And, and I, as much as it hurts as a Chiefs fan, I, I think you just got to turn the page and accept the I mean, it was inevitable. Everybody... Listen, Travis Kelsey's one day not going to be on the Chiefs roster. Patrick Mahomes is one day not going to be on the Chiefs roster, you know, and you hope you get the timing right. If you're a Colts fan, you don't want to see Peyton Manning go, you know, win a title and then have, you know, you know, I mean, although you did get Andrew Luck, you know, out of it and, and thought that might turn into something for a while. But if you're a Chiefs fan, this was inevitable one way or another. I think the Chiefs maximized what they could get out of it. Um, and, and now they move forward and it'll look different and it'll feel different. I promise there's still going to be some 60, 70 yard touchdowns to the Chiefs score next year, even without Tyreek Hill, it's going to happen. I was in the building when Mark Borichter scored a 99 yard touchdown. There's going to be big plays. That offense is still going to, going to be exciting. You like, uh, you know, they didn't trade Patrick Mahomes. Um, I still think that the chiefs are, are well positioned for the future. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know it hurts today, but if there's another Lombardi trophy or another, another Super Bowl parade in February, 2024, I think all will be forgiven. All, all I can say is <clears throat> there's a lot of pieces to a puzzle. There's a lot of, and you got to put those together piece by piece. And I know that seems very obvious and everything, but I, I it seems like people want to live and die by every single move that happens and where they go from here. Where, where's this going? Where's this path going? Where's this direction going? And I, as I said on Twitter, you gotta let things play out. Like I, I get in this on-demand world, we want instantaneous analysis, instantaneous reaction, instantaneous direction. But sometimes, like it's just it's gonna take time to figure out. And for the organization, they've been having to go through this plan for for a little bit. Now, not just Tyreek, but what they're gonna do in the offseason, what they're willing to do, what they need to draft wise, and how they're gonna go about and approach it. And it's just it's gonna come in waves. 
And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be players that they're going to sign and it opened up a lot of cap space by trading Tyreek Hill away. And they're going to have to, they're going to have to evolve as a defense. They're going to have to evolve as an offense and they're going to have to make some moves, you know, when it comes draft time. And then they may make some moves after the draft, whenever, you know, players get drafted and teams are willing to kind of move on from certain players and release them, whether it's then or whether it's after June 1st and, then there may be some opportunities to pick some guys up in August whenever teams decide to go in different directions. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to build the roster up and kind of become a collectively solid football team when you're hoping you can find some guys along the way that can be clutch players that can kind of pick up where Tyreek Hill did a lot for that offense and, you know, did a lot for Mahomes' career and for Kelsey's career and for the Chiefs organization. And you're kind of hoping that, you know, they can – strike strike lightning in a bottle twice and you're hoping whether it's through you know a player of Tyreek's caliber or maybe a different style that has the same type of impact on a game like you're hoping you know you're hoping that that can happen and transpire but I can tell you what whenever the Chiefs took Tyreek Hill in the fifth round of that year a lot of people didn't think that you know that one he'd be on the roster that long let alone that he would turn into the player that he did and that the Chiefs would have been getting five picks for him today and he'd be the right. highest oh, paid no. receiver in the league so, I mean, you just got to let things happen sometimes. You got to let them evolve and see how they work out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the the, the story on, on this trade has not been written yet. Uh, and like I said, I think it's going to come to, in a lot of ways, define, uh, you know, Brett Veach. I mean, this is one of the biggest moves he's made as general manager and, you know, um, if he might, you know, if he Mike Mayhawks the, <laughs> the the draft, um, you know, it may not go well, uh, <laughs> you know, for him. But look, I mean, I, I know people like to, you know, you know, criticize, uh, you know, Veach, but I mean, last year he got three starters out of the draft, and Creed Humphrey, Nick Bolton, and Trey Smith. Um, you know, Willie Gay was was not a widely widely heralded pick, but that's worked out pretty well. You know, he's picked up guys like Fenton and Allegretti in the late rounds who've turned into solid guys. I, you know, it may not be sexy, but you, you, you know, you're not getting sexy picks in the sixth and seventh round. You're looking for guys who can fill out a roster and contribute year after year after year and fit your scheme and fit your locker room and have character and want to be there. And I think he's done a, a good job. Have, have there been misses? Yes, but every GM has misses in the draft. Um, uh, one last scenario I wanted to, to to throw out there for you. Let's say the Chiefs, you know, let, let Tyreek play out his contract and then franchise tag him. What are your thoughts on franchise tagging a 29-year-old wide receiver and, and not having a, you know, a plan in place as he heads into the next year? I personally thought if Tyreek had made it to the franchise tag next year, I, I personally thought the Chiefs were going to draft somebody that would be his long-term replacement this year and kind of start having the leverage on their side with that. And so I thought that's where they're headed. And I'll tell you what, guys, I mean, there's a reason I was as big on Mike Williams as I was because I needed another impact guy that could do what he could. And I was rooting for him and Juju Smith-Schuster to be a part of this offense. So if Tyree got hurt or if something happened, that they had they had guys to be able to get it done. So, I mean, you know, I was, I'm was i not going to pretend you know more than anybody how bummed I was when Mike Williams got, got a new deal. It was it was ridiculous. Well, I was uh, going to say, I, I thought you were more of a Mike Williams, Cedric Wilson guy, um, it, you know, but Juju was an acceptable backup plan. Yeah, no, that's too. Uh, I forgot about Cedric. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
You brought that back up. And he's Cedric Wilson. My, now, now teammates he's also in Miami. Kill. Yeah, he's also in yeah. Miami, too. I was trying to forget about that, but thanks for that. It's very kind of you. Um, yeah, and Miami, Miami's got speed down there, and, like, everybody was just – and the funny thing is about Miami now is people are just like, oh, the Bills have an easy road, man. It's over, man. Bills are going to go to Super Bowl next year. Well, guess what? Miami's bringing some heat on offense to go along with that defense. So the Bills may not have the same easy road that they thought they did before or that fans thought they had for them. But, I mean, I'm telling you, man, everybody's loading up right now because everybody wants to compete in the AFC. But I will say, if you're looking at this from a business perspective for the Chiefs, like there's some chances, man. Like, I mean, if they hit, they hit on this draft. I'm sounding like Robert De Niro right now, but if they hit on this draft – like if they do it, like there's there's a chance where they're ahead of the they're ahead of the next wave when they have to for being able to get done what they need to. But that's that's contingent on you know that's contingent on on some things uh, having to happen where you know you're gonna have to hit on this pick that pick and all that. So I mean I, I get that. So you know I, like it's it's it, it's gonna decide a lot. Like this like you and I said coming into this like this was a big year for Brett Veach and kind of where this football team's gonna go and it's still gonna be. Either way, like you said, good or bad. Yeah, and look, the the Tyree kill, you know, we wasn't the only move that's been made this week. Um, uh, I think maybe my favorite moment of the day was Dion Bush. Uh, you know, yeah, oh, that poor guy. <laughs> safety man. for the Bears, who you know, it's it's reported early early Wednesday morning that he signed with the chiefs and he's like, what up chiefs kingdom. And like two hours later, like Twitter's on fire. Cause Tyreek Hill's getting traded. And he's like, he's like, all right, I'll check back with y'all later. <laughs> and I was like, that was amazing. Dion Bush know, already you, one of my favorite chiefs of all time. <laughs> you you want to know the irony of that one? What was that? Guess who his agent is. Oh, it's Rosenhead. No, that's what I was saying. It's yeah. He's the yeah. player to be named in the Drew Rosenhouse sweepstakes. <laughs> like this dude, like his, his agents uh, negotiating deals can upset all a fan base while he's on the Twitter welcoming himself to the yeah. fan base at the same time. Yeah, no. If I'm Dion Bush, I'm t- you know I'm I'm like Drew. Come on, man, you can't let me have my moment. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just funny. He's like, oh, I'll check back later. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, I'm standing, I sir. I just want to talk to you at a press guy. conference for that alone. <laughs> yeah, I love this guy. Uh, the Chiefs also uh, reportedly agreed to terms to bring Austin Ryder back as a backup center. Uh, makes sense. I mean, he was he was a decent player for him. They lost Austin Blyde to the Seahawks, so welcome back, Austin Ryder. Um, and then they also signed Elijah Lee, um, Blue Springs guy. Um, you know, kicked around the league a little bit, but uh, um, you know, potential to be a strong side linebacker and really complement Nick Bolton and and. Uh, Willie Gay Jr. in there uh, at that second level of the defense, I think. Yeah, I mean, look, the, right now the Chiefs are making a lot of value depth things. The overall right. one year deals too that give them a lot of flexibility in twenty twenty three again. Yeah, so I mean they're making they're making a lot of lot of value deals at this point, and I mean Brett Veach kept his word to where they really weren't active in the first wave, and now that they've made the move, <laughs> what is kind of ironic is like people kept asking, they're like, hey. When's the when's the Mahomes roster bonus gonna happen? Hey, when's when's the Tyreek Hill extension gonna happen? Like people are trying to figure out the way to make this cap space, and now they have the cap space, and it wasn't from the way that they were hoping or thought it would be. So it's kind yeah, of those things. Mad. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, Joe Tooney also moved some money around to create more cap space. Um, you know, so um, you know the Chiefs are in in good shape there. We'll see if something happens before July fifteenth. 
with Orlando Brown, that could free up more space. Uh, but look, I mean, I wouldn't expect a, any more, you know, any $15 million a year deals coming down the pipeline. Um, as far as repa- replacing Tyreek Hill, obviously it was reported that Marquez Valdez Scantling uh, had come in for a visit. Um, you know, I know he's a guy that, that you were intrigued by as, you know, as somebody to add opposite Tyreek Hill as a deep threat, even if he is a little bit too much of a body catcher for your like, but I mean, who is, who is out there, you know, in, in the free agent market? Cause obviously anybody could be out there in the trade market. Theoretically. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think the DK Metcalf thing is going to happen, but who knows? Maybe it does, um, you know, or maybe DK really wants to get, you know, get balls thrown to him after that big drew lock trade. Um, you know, I mean, there's reports that LaVisca Chenault, who's a guy out of Colorado that, um, you know, had a lot of, uh, uh, you know, he was an intriguing guy coming out of Colorado might be available after all the moves the Jags made and the chiefs may look into something there. Um, but in terms of the free agents who were left, um, obviously there's not a Tyreek Hill out there, but who are some guys that you think could come in and, and compliment me, McCole and, and, uh, Juju Smith Schuster now and, and make sense. Um, I, I mean, we'll, <laughs> I mean, we'll see what happens in the Jarvis Landry situation just because he could be another physical guy that could kind of help over the middle with Juju if they're wanting to work on the middle with him and Kelsey and, and those guys combined. I mean, obviously, we've already talked about Velda Scantlin and what he could bring speed perspective. And, I mean, uh, the, I know people. a lot of people ask about Odell Beckham Jr. today, and I get that. It's just the question you're going to have to check in on is how long is the ACL going to take the heel up? And what, um, when will that be ready? Because I know some some people are initially projecting that Thanksgiving would potentially be the earliest that he'd be ready. So you're kind of having to you're kind of having to wait on that one in terms of what what may end up happening there. And he may be wanting to sign later in the year potentially in that regard, just because he's you know he may not be able to be ready at that point. But I mean, hey, it's there's a lot of opportunities for them to improve at the receiver position. Uh, whether it's through trade or free agency and then also in the draft. So, I mean, the, the receiving corps is going to look a lot different this year, you know, obviously. And it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a different offense and it's going to be something a lot of us are going to be intrigued watching as things go along. But I mean, the reality of it is the chiefs, they needed, they needed a lot of picks to improve that defense and they needed a lot of difference makers to improve that defense and to improve the wider seeming group. So I, I personally, if I'm the chiefs, I'm looking heavy at what you, like I said before, you can do at receiver, what you can do on the defensive line at end at tackle, which you can do in the secondary at corner and safety. And then in the meantime, in free agency, your plan is you're trying to add as much depth as possible. So you have the flexibility to be able to add pieces at, at those spots and get the best players uh, available that can kind of help make the impacts that you need to at multiple positions so that you maybe don't necessarily have to go on a high scoring game. Yeah, no, it'll it, look, it, it is what it is, right? I mean, at this point it's a done deal. Um, the trade's been executed. It's been announced. Uh, I, I don't think you can take it back. So, um, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill ain't going to be here. Y'all just got to get used to it, man. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I will say this too. I, I think the NFL ha- is changing and, and the college game is changing in such a way that finding wide receiver depth, um, there's a lot of quality guys coming out. There's a lot of quality guys in this draft. 
There's a lot of quality edge rushers in this draft. In terms of what the Chiefs need to build for the future, um, if you're looking to put guys who can pressure the quarterback and, and guys who can catch passes from Patrick Mahomes on the roster, it's a good year for the Chiefs to be loaded up with draft picks, I think. Yeah, man. Just got to hit on them. Go from there. All right. So my best, like, I, I think technically I'm draft eligible. Brett should not draft me. I, I, I am over 40. I have lost my speed. I would not be any help replacing Tyreek Hill. Right, Todd. I was concerned I was going to lose you on the podcast of that, so I'm glad we were able to get get that out of the way. Well, and you don't have to worry either because I, I hear um, Brett Veach likes guys who hug in the locker room, so you're out. Um, like, you're already out. Like, you you didn't make the cut. They All right, Todd. Out, they just took you off the draft board, Nick. All right, Todd, I feel like we've exhausted all we're going to on this podcast at this point. No, no, we haven't. We haven't. This appears to be my exit at this point. No, like you you put out the call for questions on Twitter. We can't leave the people hanging. We already answered them through the podcast. Uh, not all of them. Um, all right, you get to pick one real quick, and let's wrap this up. Okay. Uh, from Wes Weather... Do you think the weather in Miami was a big reason why Tyreek Hill chose to play there? He seems to take a lot of tropical trips. And as I told him in the hallway, when he told me he sent that tweet, he was like, well, he lives in the off season. So he's already used to it. And he's like, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, Wes weather is uh 41 or KSHB 41 uh, meteorologist, Wes Peary, um, who also, uh, was at one time a speed skater, uh, fun fact, um, and is a connoisseur of bow ties. Um, and I am a big fan of West Peary. Yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic guy. Glad he's part of the team at 41. Right. That's really the reason I wanted to. I just wanted to get the West question in for you. Okay, Todd. Well, I'm glad you were able to do it. And I feel like this is my exit at this point. Okay. Well, take care, kid. <laughs>